This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Super Bowl hangover day here on Baskin Phelps. 216-578-0092. 216-578-0092. Let's get more insight, especially when it comes to the Browns and postseason and what's next and all those good things. Scott Petrak, super friend of the show from brownzone.com, joins us right now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Scotty, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Scott. What would you think of the game yesterday? I'll go generic. First question. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought there were, you know, I kind of predicted 27-24, and I just thought, you know, maybe the offense would take a little while to warm up, and I was wrong about that. ton of points. <laughs> um, exciting to watch. I, I was surprised that Philly couldn't get a better pass rush on Mahomes, and I think that's um, what made a huge difference in the game and allowed uh, Kansas City to make that comeback in the second half. Which they had done to quarterbacks all year long, Scott. All year, right? And it shows you – I knew the Chiefs' line was better than it was a couple of years ago, you know, when Tampa just destroyed the line and kept Mahomes from doing what he wanted to do in the Super Bowl. And they had a lot of injuries that year. Uh, but – you know, having watched the last two playoff games and you watch Philly during the year, I mean, they got they got home against everybody, and they couldn't do it against this line. And, you know, Mahomes moved better than I thought he would. Even when he aggravated the ankle in the first half, he still was able to move better, and he makes that big scramble um, in the fourth quarter. So I think it's my, kind of my lasting impression after the game was, you know, for all those years, it was really hard to pick against Tom Brady, right? And now I feel like maybe we're at that point with Patrick Mahomes that I thought the Eagles were a better team, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And having said that, Jalen Hurts played out of his mind, right? So it wasn't the quarterback yeah. that kept the Eagles from winning. You know, it wound up really being a couple of big plays. The fumble by Hurts, return for the touchdown, and then that punt return that sets up whatever it was, a six-yard touchdown drive. Uh, you can't give Mahomes 14 points. The way the offenses looked yesterday uh, made a buddy of mine send me a text and basically say, "Is his the NFL should be ashamed of itself because of what it's done to defenses?" And I thought, "Yeah, on one hand, yes, and on the other hand, boy, do people like watching offensive players make big plays." Do you like where the NFL is now? Where you know, if the defenses just kind of slow somebody down a little bit, I mean, you hold somebody under 21 points, you probably had a good defensive day, Scott. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm okay with it, and I think I'm okay with it because you do see exceptions, right? There's games we watch throughout the year, and even in the playoffs, where defense can have a big impact, 
right? I mean, San Francisco's defense is really good all year, and I know their offense was too, but it felt like the defense was driving that team and supporting Brock Purdy when he was in there. So I, I think when you have quarterbacks playing at an extremely high level, uh, it makes it really tough on the defense, obviously, and you need to get home with the pass rush. And I think I kind of take away is, well, if you're going to have a big-time quarterback, then get a big-time offensive line, and then you might be unstoppable or close to unstoppable. So um, I'm okay with that, and I like watching excellence at quarterback. And you know, I know the rules are tilted that way, and I know that bothers some people, but I understand that from an NFL standpoint because I think that makes the game more exciting, and those are the guys you should be protecting. The end-of-the-game strategy obviously worked. Obviously, in today's NFL, seems to be the right thing to do. But I, I, I think it's fascinating. There's Jerick McKinnon. There's the end zone. You're in a tie game. You need points, and they choose not to score. They choose to milk the clock and trust a snapper, a holder, and a <laughs> kicker who made 75% of his kicks in the regular season more to make one field goal and and to not if there are three jobs where you you know where you might think in the moment things are a little nervous if you know what I'm talking about right. it's snapper holder and kicker you trust that whole unit more than an entire defense to keep a team from right. going 75 yards for a touchdown with about a minute and a half to go with one timeout that's fascinating to me it is and it's it is fascinating jeff and it tells you how much at least my thinking of the game has changed in I don't know if it's four years or six years or eight years, but at some point I would have been flabbergasted by that. Yeah. Right? I'm sure the first time I saw it, and I don't remember what game it was, but there was a game that I was like, why are they doing that? Um, yesterday, like I didn't give it a second thought. I was like, okay, that's the right move. Um, it does speak to the defenses and the offenses like you're talking about. You know, the other part of it, it's not just 75 yards for a touchdown. It's probably 40 yards for the tying field goal, right? So, which is the same spot you're in now, anyway. Right. Well, no, um, but if they had, if they had gone ahead and scored the touchdown, oh, the touchdown, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, but I'm sure the analytics say the win probability is yeah. so much higher this yeah, way, I'm right? Sure, you're right. Because what's the? I mean, yes, you could have a bad snap, hold a kick, right? That could happen, but does it happen two percent of the time? You know, it 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 can't be more than five percent of the time that kickers miss 19-yard field goals in the NFL, right? Like, it just can't be. So, um, yeah, I didn't give it a second thought, but it certainly speaks to how things have changed. Um, you know, and you got to watch that clock then, right? Because it's all yeah. about timeouts. And at one point, I turned to my wife and said, if they get one first down, this game's over, right? And it, it's weird because there's three minutes left on the clock or whatever it was. Um, but that's how it played out, and everybody knew it, and Philly knew it, knew it needed one stop, and then that's where you get the penalty, and, you know, I think the penalty is the right call. I get that it deprived everybody watching at home from a dramatic ending, but <laughs> I thought it was the right call, and I thought it was funny. The people that, you know, are complaining that it wasn't a good call and, oh, you deprived us of this, um, you know, I think those are the same people with uh, – well, you know, they script everything. Well, if the NFL really wanted to script something, they would have had the ball in one of the quarterback's hands with 90 seconds left to go win the game. And, you know, that's why that, I, that idea is so ludicrous to me. 
I thought the same thing. I was like, if this thing's scripted, that's whoever wrote the ending should be fired immediately. Yeah, the, <laughs> they well, need the guy, to redo this yeah. one. The guy who wrote the helmet catch script, he's not working for the NFL anymore. No, he got so fired. <laughs> There's no way. How embarrassed should the league be today over the turf? I mean, the, every, the more yeah. you start hearing about the turf, I'm like, how do they even play this game in that thing? Yeah. I, I just don't know what the right answer is there. You know, you're growing grass in the desert. You put it on a big, um, you know, it's like a, it's a like tray. A skids, right? Yeah, you put it's it a big tray. Skids. Yeah. And you're dragging in. I watched him do it. Yeah, I covered a game in Houston. I might It might have been Arizona, too, where I watched, you know, you're writing in the press box after the game, and you watch them take the field away. Um, and I think it was in Houston when I was watching it. And it's like these sections of the field. You know, it's not like one giant 120-yard thing. It's these sections, um, at least when I was watching. So that's remarkable. But, you know, you're playing on grass in the desert inside a dome. Um, you know, that it's probably not natural to have natural grass. Having said that, you should figure out a way where you guys don't slip, but players don't want to play on artificial turf either, right? We see all those um, complaints and all the studies. So I'm sure they should have been able to do better on um, that grass. I just don't know how you find that perfect solution. But it was tough, you know, watching guys slip. Um, felt like once you got the cleat situation figured out, it was better. Um, but obviously we saw it throughout the game, and it was obvious to we'll see. So if you're the Cleveland Browns, then you watch that. Any major takeaway? I mean, you, you know, we're screaming about defensive yeah. tackles, and I think rightfully so. Yet one sack in the entire game, and I, I still think you need defensive tackles. I love the fleet of wide receivers that the Chiefs throw out at you, or I love the two absolute beasts at wide receiver yeah. the Eagles throw at you. Either way, that screams Browns better go get something or a couple of somethings or one big somebody to go with Amari Cooper. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I don't think you want to read too much into one game with the two best teams in the league. You know, we saw the playoffs and different things matter at, at different games, right? You can't just say, okay, well, we got to get the best quarterback ever and he's going to go win us Super Bowls. Um, obviously, that's a good recipe if you can follow that. But they already did that with Deshaun Watson, right? They got a guy that they feel is at least as close as you can get to the Patrick Mahomes level, right? Deshaun Watson, you can picture, if you're the Browns, him playing like Jalen Hurts played yesterday. And that gives you a chance to win a Super Bowl if you surround him with enough talent, and if he plays at that level in the biggest moments and in the biggest games, right? So that's the biggest question mark for the Browns is, can Watson do that? And if he does, then they're in this discussion. But when you look at overall roster, I think it's interesting, Jeff, when you talk about the receiver core, because I know that the Browns need help there, and they need a fast guy. They need a fast guy that affects you vertically and horizontally, right? You can run jet sweeps with them, you can run bubble screens, but you can also run him down the field, and he can go catch the ball deep. Um, But do you need to spend a ton of money on that guy, right? Can you do it in the second round and trust the rookie to make an impact? Like, Sky Moore did not make a huge impact this season for the Chiefs, but he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl, right? Um, they go get Tony at midseason, and he gets a touchdown, and he has a huge punt return that changes the game. Um, I, I know that that's what the Browns need, but you look at the Chiefs, and, you know, they lose Tyreek Hill, and then they just kind of fill in pieces, right? They don't, they're not paying any of those receivers outside of Travis Kelsey, their tight end, 
a ton of money. No. So I think there's ways you can do it, um, and you already have Amari Cooper getting paid a ton of money. So I think that's a position where the Browns can get creative and don't have to break the bank, whereas D-tackle I look at, and I think that's the position where you have to break the bank because there's nothing there on your roster right, that you feel really comfortable with. And with Jim Schwartz's defense, it needs to be a critical position. Um, so, like, when you compare those two things, I think there's different avenues to improve receiver. And I can't get – I can't find another way to get your defensive tackles better except paying somebody a bunch of money. Scott, last question for you. I'm just curious uh, your thoughts on there, – there's some rumblings about the Haslam Sports Group uh, buying into the Milwaukee Bucks. Does that mean anything? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's – I think it's interesting. Obviously, that's how they choose to, I don't want to say spend their money, because you know when you buy these teams, I think you expect to make a big profit whenever you're going to sell them. But that's what they want their family legacy to be, is sports ownership. And uh, I know we've talked about it briefly with the Haslam's before, but right. I, I would want to hear more about it. Why? Is it a business thing? It feels bigger than that. It feels like that's something they enjoy, that they want to be one of the families, and there's plenty of others in the league or in the country like that, right? There's five or ten families you think of. they got a bunch of different teams. Um, you know, the Glaciers in Tampa had that for a long time with the, you know, soccer team. Um, the Hunts. And that's the Learners. Be. Yeah. The Learners. Right. Randy right. did, the yeah. Learners. yeah, yeah. Hunts. So, yeah, I, I, th- yeah. I just think that's how they want to be viewed. That's what they want their legacy to be. We know it's a family thing. Um so I, I think it's interesting, and I think it's kind of cool, and I think if I had all the money in the world, I might do that too. <laughs> Easy enough, Scott. All right, uh, we'll get that. the good thing is the Browns are zero and zero today. By the way, that's yeah, the good go. part about today. So that's the optimistic part. Scott, as always, thank you. We appreciate your time. You're a good man. Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. He is Scott Petrak, and of course, you can read him brownzone.com every day. Do it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 